Welcome back to According To. I'm Megan. And I'm Sierra. This week's episode is one for all of you people out there who are planning on attending grad school, maybe thinking about attending grad school. Maybe you're starting shortly either this summer or come the fall. So we thought it'd be helpful considering we finished the didactic portion of PT school to share our thoughts on this obviously can be generalized to grad school in general. That's what I tried to do in my notes, but also this is coming from two people who specifically went to physical therapy school, which might be slightly different of a graduate program than other grad programs. Yeah. So um, before we do that, we might just do a little quick catch up. Um, we are in the midst of our first terminal clinical, so we might talk a little bit about how that's been going and um, doing our weekly spotlights. So, all right. Um, what should my weekly spotlight be? Uh, we did a Barnes & Noble run with Maggie on Sunday, and that was a lot of fun. It was fun, especially because we kind of had been talking about getting around We've been to hyping it on together um, since we had not gone to Barnes & Noble together since usually we're not together. Um, so it was nice because we are all in Des Moines right now. So we went. We did that. We just had fun perusing the book sections. I just mm-hmm. love doing it anyways. It's it's a highlight of my day. You can say what books you got, and I'll say what I got. And if I remember what Maggie got... Um, I will say that. So I got two. I got two books. Both of them were yellow. So I thought that was kind of funny. Um, and also something else I think is funny is that Sierra has Sierra and I were planning. We had this thing of like, okay, since we're moving soon, no more buying more books until I we can't move. help it. I literally think we've gotten we haven't we didn't buy all these because we had a book of the month sponsorship, but we've gotten at least like ten additional books. I swear. I can't help since, it. Um, Sierra was kind of like, no, we're not gonna buy any more. Like, we got plenty more. So, um, but so, so excited to eventually get, like, a bookshelf. Also, this is... All those properly displayed. Haley's weekly reminder that Ashton still has not finished Project Hail Mary. So, you know, he needs to do that. So, I decided to go and look at my Goodreads and actually get one of my science fiction um, books on on my TBR. And so, I had quite a few. I don't know if I'm going to read, like, all of them eventually, um, but when I finished Project Hail Mary, I like went on a mission to look up any possible books that I might like in the future. It's interesting because I think we've both like Project Hail Mary was very good, and I can't tell like I like the science fiction aspect of it, but I also just really love like, the where do banter, likable characters between the two characters. So it's hard to determine if reading Project Hail Mary and liking it should point me to reading more sci-fi, or if I should look for books with but, like, similar what do you look characters up to find that. I don't know, but that's just like something that I've thought about. Where um, but we're giving it a shot just because some of the books that I had found had pretty good ratings. So the one that I ended up picking up was The Moon is a Harsh Mistress. I do not remember who it's by, but it had pretty good reviews. It's like 380 pages. I liked the cover of it, which for science fiction, when I was in that section, there's a lot no, of covers that I ugly. did not like. Like, for example, Sierra's going to say that she got The Gardens of the Galaxy. No. No, that's the movie, <laughs> The Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. <laughs> Megan does not know book titles. I'm already struggling to remember the next one. I know it has Met in the name, but the moment I met you, that's my other one I got. I remembered it. Um, um, the book that I romance. got, so you already, like, Megan said it, but it's actually The Ultimate Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. It's, it's a all five novels in one edition, because the books are actually very short. The reason she got that one, because, you know, you're probably, you might be like, what if you hate the first book? Fair point. Um, but it was $20 for five books. So it was kind of like technically $4 a book. And that cover was so much more pleasing than like the other individual books were so ugly and they were like small, so they wouldn't mm-hmm. have fit in very well with 
the rest of our books. Yeah, we we like a certain dimension of book. So that was the you only got that one, right? Yeah, it was technically five. So yeah, I got five books really. So and then Maggie got the fine print. I think that one uh, was recommended to her by her friend. It was funny because it was on like the spicy talk table. That's the first time I've seen one of those at Barnes and Noble. So I would normally see book talk. They still had book talk, but they had a separate spicy talk table. So I thought that was funny. Um, so those were our book um, grabs. Make sure you go follow us on Goodreads. And yeah. Okay, let's uh, catch each other up on clinical stuff. So my first site is um, an outpatient orthoclinic mostly. Um, it's been a little interesting because this setting, they also do walk-ins. And so my ICI has like, they switch off who does the walk-ins. So it's not like every single day, half the day is walk-ins. But I've only been there two days now, and, like, the first half of one day and the second half of the other day was just walk-ins where it was only, like, literally 10-minute appointments of people getting, like, inserts or a brace or something. So that was different. It was unique. Um, and so in a way, I was kind of like, I don't really know if I'm doing that much because I was – I'd never seen that before, so therefore I, like, wasn't really doing anything. Mm-hmm. And then um, when we did have, like – we had a no-show, and then we had, like, one last patient of the day was I was kind of like, okay – this I'm is my time to take the lead. Um, it was someone coming in with knee pain, um, kind of generic, like nothing really like structurally wrong. Um, so it was kind of like just take her through the exercises and progress as needed. She walks in and says basically that she's having a flare up for like no reason. So then it switches from what it was going to be to like let's reassess, blah blah blah. And I just like it's never fun. Like being a student, I feel like I have to like really prepare to feel like comfortable going into something and feeling good about what I'm doing. And with more mm-hmm. practice and experience comes being able to like just adjust things on the fly. Mm-hmm. But as a student, I'm like, well, I wasn't ready for that at all. Yeah, you're like, I had this whole, you know, mental note in my head of how I was going to do this. And now I'm not. So. so I left yesterday being like, that was an interesting day. <laughs> but today, um, still only saw two patients because half the day was um, walk-ins again. But they were both initial evals. And I did both of them essentially the entire thing um and then I also did the notes on them and that's claps for Megan and that guys. was like I've never claps for her done that before because so, usually I just like am told what to do for like an initial eval or like I'll do subjective on my own um and then my CI will be like okay let's try this this and this but today I mean granted I did have like a good amount of prep time and I was looking through these people's notes beforehand mm-hmm. being like I'm gonna do this I'm going to try this order of things, yeah. blah, blah, blah. Hey, that's but, a start, though. Yeah. And you probably felt like you finished it and you felt good. Yeah. You felt like you were accomplished. Um, so is there anything else you want to add? That's it for yours. So I am at an outpatient clinic and, again, only been there two days. My first day, I felt like I kind of, like, just was being introduced to the patients. Um, and, like, it's hard to jump in, like, it off is. the bat of just, like, these patients have been coming for a few weeks, maybe. They know who their therapist is. Yeah, and they like know their exercises. Like their therapist is the therapist. And that's hard to get, like, a student involved. Yeah. But anyways, so today I definitely got more involved. This is day two that we're recording this. Um, and so, like, just helping out more with I did some soft tissue, and that felt good. I felt like I did I did soft tissue twice today, and uh, one was on the back and then one was on the foot. And I felt like I was actually, like, doing a good job. Like, sometimes it can be really easy especially when you're starting with soft tissue to just feel like you're like rubbing your hands on them, like not knowing what you're doing. And so like this time when I was doing it, I feel like I was actually like focusing on like finding 
some like trigger points or like tender spots and like focusing on those and actually like applying the techniques that we've learned about in class to like you know reduce reduce those tender spots and so it was nice I feel like my technique just felt purposeful that's like the other thing that in my mind can be difficult when it comes to soft tissue is that when you first start learning you're like I just feel like I don't have any technique I don't know what I'm doing and I felt like I knew what I was doing so that was nice um I am taking the lead on at least one eval tomorrow potentially two because they're both like shoulder related so like prepping for one will kind of prep me for the other but one is like post uh they have like a clavicle fracture and the other one we just know it's a shoulder but planning on doing that so I'm gonna prep for that tonight but yeah I've been enjoying it I like my CI I like the other therapists there and it's a good environment so I've been having a good time our pickleball journey has been put on hold because the weather has just been not good this week it's rainy it got a little colder again luckily it's clearing up for the weekend so I'm not going to complain too much but I was like okay Sierra let's go play pickleball on Thursday after work so we actually like do what we were saying we were going to do and now it says rain and 61 is a high and I'm just like I'm not going to go play pickleball in that Mm -hmm. so I mean you know next week I know I was like we when it's like the beginning of the week I was like, oh, we should text Haley and Ashton and be like, pickleball, when are we going? But at this point, it's just not going to happen this week. And then for Memorial Day weekend, Megan and I will be going to the lake. That's going to be nice. And I think Maggie, it's her birthday weekend, this coming weekend. And so she is going to bring um, a couple of friends. And then Sam also is coming to the lake. And it'll be fun. Very much excited for that. I'm 99% sure I'm off for Memorial Day, but I technically <laughs> still need to... I am- sure that I'm off. I technically still need to confirm. I can do that tomorrow when I actually, like, double-check patients, and hopefully they don't have any on that day. Yeah. You're going to cry if you do. I would. Um, I feel like I won't. Um, Other than that, there's our catch-up. That's how – that's the two days that we've been in clinicals. So there's not much to catch up on, and hopefully they get better and we become more independent therapists as we I just think it will be so cool, like – I mean, obviously the goal by the end of the nine weeks is that like we've got our own kind of schedule. We've got our own documentation and stuff like we are just like running our own ship. I also will say, granted, my documentation right now has been like there's like a bunch of stuff I can kind of like follow the steps through, like how the EMR is set up. So that helps. But I'm like it actually like I'm doing okay. I thought my CI said that he like he didn't really have anything yeah. to like say. I'm doing okay too. I think fix this. So I was nervous about that because I really I did no documentation during my two weeks, and so like therefore the last time I did documentation was last summer, and so I was just like, like I'm a little rusty here. <laughs> this might be interesting, but it's been okay. Yeah. Also, one thing to note for like documentation, obviously like it's important so that you like remember specifically what you're doing, and like if you did get checked, you have to remember like or someone has to be able to like tell you did, but just like. As long as you, like, say what you did, like, yeah, it could be, like, worded weird and stuff, or, like, it might not sound the best, but, like, it doesn't matter yeah. that much, ultimately, is what I'm saying. Okay, let's get into our tips for what you guys should know or our thoughts on different things for if you're planning on going to grad school. Maybe you're in grad school. These could still apply. I'll go first. This one um, was something that I wasn't sure about, but I decided for myself anyways before starting grad school I was like should I be prepping beforehand reviewing anything like before we started PT school I was just like I know we start with anatomy should I like look at some things and just kind of like be ready to go day one I would say do not start 
reviewing or prepping for anything before starting grad school. Because guess what? You are going to school to learn what they're going to teach you. And, like, you have already, obviously, like, to that point, you've taken classes that they expect you to have taken. Like, we're using anatomy as an example because, like, that's what pertains to us. But, like, obviously, you know, it helps to brush up on anatomy all the time. But, like, by the time we got to grad school, like, they're starting the class in a way that they know, like, is a good starting point for what we've learned thus far. And then you're going to go and study that stuff. Yeah. Like, why waste time studying things that, like, you're going to end up studying again later? So that's my two cents on it. Um, I think if you're on the break, like, enjoy the break because you you only have so many breaks. Like, if anyone, I can say this specifically for PT school, if anyone is like, should I, like, look at X, Y, and Z, I'd be like, don't touch a single thing the entire summer before PT school starts. Unless, look ahead to see if you have to do anything day one. Yeah. But then... Nothing else. No. Don't touch anything. Just have a fresh mind. Be ready, ready for day one. <laughs> um, mine is related to the GRE, which I think most, like many grad programs require you to take the GRE before entering. Um, this probably doesn't apply to like the outside of the MCAT because I'm sure like the highest scores you get, you know, amazing. For the GRE, I would say like aim for average and nothing more. Because I only think that the GRE really matters that much if you have like a lower GPA and like that higher GRE could potentially show like okay like look at what happens when I have the potential to like study put in work and like you know I have I have the potential there um but I just think like the GRE like practically as someone who's taken it it's not a good measure of intelligence it's not the more I hear about how you do in grad school the more I hear just like schools and programs saying that like it's not the main thing that they're looking at like it's a requirement I feel like this is kind of like a thing to check the box but they're not gonna like be comparing you and another student being like "Mm, this person has a higher GRE score so like we'll go with them or to be honest like Sarah's saying about the average the average is the average for a reason because they take people above it and they take people below it so if you're at the average you're not the lowest person or like if you don't get in it certainly won't be because of your GRE I can guarantee that so just try your best but also it's a dumb standardized test like I hardly remember anything that test was bizarre it was weird it was like an I've taken the ACT so I was kind of expecting something like that it's and not it like the not ACT. that it's I don't know what harder. it was and it's hard to study for too like only put as much time and effort into studying for this thing as, as you, you feel like you're actually getting stuff out of it to get the average like if you're studying just to studying and nothing's improving I say just call it because there's a certain point there's a vocabulary section. The words are weird, and I was like, I'm not going to memorize 3,000 words. So at the at a certain point, I was just like, we're rolling with it. Okay. Whatever happens, yeah. happens. I hate it, Jerry. <laughs> um, my next one is, and I felt this very strongly, like especially when you're first starting it. You'll probably feel it throughout grad school. Um, but you're going to start, and you're probably going to feel like everyone around you knows so much more than you do. Mm-hmm. This is also called imposter syndrome. Um, just for an example, and maybe this says more about me than <laughs> anything else, but everyone has like their own weaknesses or kind of like, Not everyone would probably say I could, it could be PT specific, but like for any grad school you enter into, there's probably someone that like everyone has their own like little dark secret of like, I low key did not know this before starting grad school. Oh yeah. The one that I think of, I probably have many. Um, but the one that always comes to mind is I had never heard the term manual muscle test before starting PT school. And that probably sounds crazy. But I hadn't because most of my shadowing, like I did PT stuff like outpatient here and there, but I did a lot of my main shadowing 
in a skilled nursing facility where the main thing they were doing was not manual muscle testing. And when they were, they certainly didn't tell me, hey, I'm doing a manual muscle test. So I literally did not know that that was like the terminology people used. So I was like, what are people talking about? What is this? I remember case-based learning humbled me. Yes. Because that was the class, like first and second semester PT school, where we were put into like smaller groups of our classmates and we had some other instructor, whether it was like a it usually wasn't faculty. It was usually some other like retired PT or like current PT, whatever that just wanted to help out students. And you'd get cases and like people would be like, you get some information about the patient to share ideas of what might be going on, blah, blah, blah. Prior to starting PT school, no information on diagnostic stuff at all. Like I had no idea. I was like, I've heard like a torn ACL. I've heard of a blah, blah, blah. Like, you know, right here to cuff chair, like meniscus, blah, blah, blah. Like I've heard of stuff. But I didn't but, know how they presented. I didn't know what to no. look for. And so I remember something like, oh, like it could be like frozen shoulder. That was, I know. Cause I that was, was the like, very first case. And I was just like, what? What the heck are we talking about right now? I've never heard of frozen shoulder. So I was like, am I in the right? There's just like a lot that place? I realized I didn't, you know, there's a lot of people who like, they spent a lot of time in like an outpatient ortho clinic many times. And that was not me before PT school. So like this stuff that seemed like such common knowledge um, was not to me. And also you have to remember there's other people like, Everyone in your class or cohort is coming in with different backgrounds, whether that's like life experience, work experience, schooling experience. Like we have a wide variety of majors like within our program. So it's like someone might know a lot. Like we have a uh, biomedical engineer that was in our program. So he knew a lot about like the kinesiology, biomechanics kind of stuff. We have people who like majors in biology and like, or like we have athletic trainers. So like they already have like looked at a lot of different diagnostic stuff if it's like something they covered in their program and like doing hands-on stuff and some people don't come in with that background yeah so it's just recognizing that just because someone has different experience or different knowledge doesn't mean that you're like not meant to be there because you were there for a reason you got let into the program and once you're like the longer you're in the program or like any program you're in it you'll feel less and less of that imposter syndrome at the same time like you're still learning the entire way through. Even when we graduate, we're going to be brand new into the field and like on our own. Oh yeah. So you're not going to feel experienced by any means. Yeah. Like I'm still feeling like imposter syndrome. Like I know it's not imposter syndrome in the sense of like, I feel like I'm not where I'm supposed to be. Cause I feel like I'm on par with where I'm supposed to be. It's just like, I'm like, dang, I've got a long way to go. That's the thing. Yeah. Which is just like, I recognize that, but it's just, like, it's annoying, you know, where it's, like, ugh, I want to be, you know, here, but instead I'm, like, oh, I got X, Y, and Z, where it's, like, well, I don't know what this looks like in the clinic, and I don't don't know what this looks like, and I have to spend, like, a lot of time prepping for my initial evals. It's fine. That, as long as I'm where I'm supposed to be, that's what matters. Okay. Um, something else is that I think it's important for grad school specifically. In theory, this could also apply in undergrad, but recognizing that your professor's are your colleagues, we say this word like kind of jokingly in our program because, I mean, not like the professors, but like the students do sometimes just because professors are always like, you're our colleagues, blah, blah, blah. But it's true because I think that when you recognize that you, A, you're all adults, B, you're probably like working within the same scope, profession, whatever like area of grad school that you're in. And so like when you do graduate, you will become colleagues and like these people that are teaching you are supposed to get you to like that level of expertise and so, like, it just builds a mutual respect with between you and your professors. And I think it's important, like, while, yeah, you need to, like, treat them with the respect that, like, okay, they're kind of, like, higher up than me in the sense that, like, they are the in charge of the class, they're the professor. Yeah. Like, recognizing 
that just because you're a student doesn't mean like you're like you can slack off, do X, Y, and Z. Like, you know, there's a mutual respect that needs to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, the next thing that I wanted to say was that grad school is hard, but I feel like it's not as daunting as it mm. seems like it I would have a be. similar one. I said the fire hydrant analogy can be true, but it doesn't have to be. Um, and what I mean by this is when I think back to, I don't know, middle school, high school, whatever, the idea of going to grad school and staying in school for longer than I needed to never intrigued me. And I was just like, I simply would not do that. And then come to find out that I'd like to go into PT and you have to go to grad school. I was kind of like, I didn't really like resent the idea or like, it didn't make me say like, okay, I'm not going to do that because I have to go to grad school. Um, but it really looking back. And this is probably, like, it's easier said than done. Or like, I'm looking back now and I'm just like, you know, that wasn't that bad. But no, it, honestly, when you're going it. to grad school, like, in hindsight, I was saying, like, going to grad school is way better for me than just starting a job right after college. Right? So, obviously, like, know what to expect and don't expect it to be easy. But at the same time, I feel like you become just way more efficient with how to use your time. Like, I put in work and stuff and, like, I had to study for a lot more classes than I did in undergrad and they were like usually at a deeper level but at the same time you just make it work like you adapt you figure out how to balance and juggle everything and when all is said and done it really you know it was a positive experience yeah I can remember this is a very common saying when people are like oh like how hard is grad school people will be like imagine like a fire hydrant is like bursting open water is flying everywhere and you're trying to like drink out of it like that's the common analogy that people use and so I remember hearing that and being like oh my god that sounds just like overwhelming and I don't like the idea of being overwhelmed and like trying my hardest and getting no return on my investment out of it like that's what I perceived would happen and so like I got into grad school and I feel like taking it one day at a time one class at a time I was like okay I like got through today and it was fine honestly Besides that first week, Megan and I always talk about the first week of PT school. That was the most I've ever felt like I was drinking out of a fire hydrant. And that was maybe just our program. Like, it was just our personal experience with, like... It might have been a balance of... You and I probably did way more than we, A, had to, or, like, B, what anyone else was doing. B, C. I don't know what you just say. Uh, C, I think it was because it was a brand new... Like, they had never taught the summer stuff in, like, during COVID or over Zoom. And I think, like, they didn't maybe realize the amount of material they gave us to look at. It was a lot. Um, like, because that, that was, was when Megan and I were doing things from, like, 7 or 8 a.m. to, like, 11 p.m. every day for a week. And I was like, if this is grad school, how am I going to survive? That's when I got that fire hydrant, fire hydrant feeling. To be honest, beyond that, I understand the analogy, but I've never really felt like I've never that. felt overwhelmed to the point where I'm like, I would feel like if I'm going to bed, I'm going to bed. Like, to me, that's a good gauge of, like, I don't have to stay up to like succeed do you know what I mean yeah like it was not necessary for you to pull all-nighters to like worry about passing a test no maybe you'd be like I might not do as great tomorrow as I would if I stayed up studying but I'll pass and it'll be yeah. fine and, and so finding that balance especially like because once you enter grad school you have to remember that most of the time unlike undergrad you just have to pass and obviously you know I'd promote you wanting to try your best you know see how much you can learn and like how much you can actually retain but like at the end of the day there's a certain passing requirement and that's all you need to do and so like don't get me wrong I'm not a student who like is satisfied with just like oh like I hit the 70% mark and like now I'm good 
there are people like that and that's fine that worked for them but I've always been you know someone like oh like I want to see how close to 100% I can get and so I think it's a good motivator but it's also a good reminder to be able to step back and say that's great if you do that but you don't have to mm-hmm. was that, that you turn? or me I guess like I it's it was kind of both of us but I think it was your yeah. yours technically so I'll do the next one um next one I had is being on good terms with your classmates or cohort. I think most grad programs have this kind of thing. Or even if like not a specific like grad program or cohort, you probably know of other grad students who are in the same department or field of study as you. So yeah. it still kind of applies. I mean, come on, it's like built-in friendships. At the very least, like no one wants to create an environment where there's going to be drama because you're going to have to be around these people for a long portion of the day for a couple of years probably and so like just making it the best environment it can be and like a home away from home will make it a lot more comfortable it's always nice to have people that you can go to who like know what you're going through because they're also going through it too I think that's always a positive experience yeah it's like again jumping back to the whole fire hydrant thing it feels like less of a fire hydrant when you're like oh other people are like complaining about the same thing same things I am have the same issues I am don't understand the same things that I also don't understand so, like, so. a lot of programs probably have, like, a group message where, like, yes, different reminders and whatnot get posted in it, too. But, like, there's the occasional joke or whatever else thrown in there, Or meme of, like, you. oh, God, after that exam, like, how are we all <laughs> yeah. feeling, you know? Like, it's just it's, nice. It's comforting. Yeah. It's a good community to try and develop if you're getting into something challenging like grad school. So, yeah. You have to find light Makes within the, the darkness. easier. Um, the next thing that I was going to say I kind of touched on just briefly earlier but I feel like efficiency is key and you naturally do get better at being efficient I think when you're in grad school um but what I mostly mean is like when you're studying in undergrad I feel like you kind of say okay if I dedicate x amount of time to stuff like then that means that like okay I studied for x amount of time and you don't necessarily think like did I actually like gen- genuinely retain the information I need to know for the test or how much did I get out of that versus in grad school I sometimes still like to go by like you know time is a good gauge of like how much effort I'm putting into studying but at the same time I know there's times where I was studying where I was like am I literally learning anything right now and am I literally helping myself at all right now Mm -hmm. or it could apply to not just studying for tests but if I had a lot of stuff I had to do before the next day came around and one of those things included reading a 10 page article and I'm kind of reading the article and I'm like, am I remembering what I'm reading right now? At least like to the level of depth of fully reading these 10 pages. No, maybe I'll skim. Like, I'm gonna or get can I just read the conclusion statement? And is that going to give me the same takeaway that this like if you end up article, with though. the exact same takeaway, then like shrink the time mm-hmm. is kind of my message there. That applies to articles. It applies to like chapter readings, textbooks. Yeah. Just like think about, I always talk about return on your investment. Are you getting out of it equivalent to the effort that you're putting in if it takes me an hour to read something I better be learning a freaking lot <laughs> yeah but if I'm like you know 10 minutes in and I'm like this is not if someone were to ask me what I just read and you're like computing. I don't know then skim it or find a conclusion go faster and find a takeaway yeah, yeah. I think that's a good because you remember a takeaway more than just like knowing oh I read the entire thing but I wasn't really paying attention to what I was reading. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing I have written down is 
unlike undergrad in grad school, at least like specifically for PT, but I think most grad programs, you have to show up, not just physically, like obviously for PT school, we had to show up every day when our classes were. I don't know how that is for other grad programs, like how much can be done online, whatever. I don't know. But I more so honestly mean like mentally showing up every day because which sometimes you don't. There's days. I mean, like in undergrad, though, if I didn't want to, like I could probably go through a whole day of class and be like, it's just like a checkout day for me. Like I'm going to sit in the back of the class, like pull stuff out. And like if I go on my phone, go on my iPad, like it doesn't matter, you know, mm-hmm. or like even if I'm writing notes down, if I don't like understand, like I'm like, oh, this is a later problem, you know. And granted, there's times in PT school where like you're not understanding something fully. So it's like, yeah, this is a later problem. But like what I mean by showing up is like for the most part, you have to be like physically there, ready to learn. A, if a professor like asks you a question, which doesn't happen like all the time, specifically for PT school. For one class it did specifically. So you had to be ready for that one. But I mean like even with musculoskeletal, that was a long class, like three to four hours depending on which class it was. And we had to be paying attention to at least a certain extent because we had to like literally put our skills into practice that day with what we learned. And so, you know, even if it's like you're tired, you're exhausted from the day before, you don't want to go to class, you have to be willing to show up, pay attention, and at like least a little bit. And professors expect that of you because like, why are you there? Yeah. And so just like you have to have that mindset of like knowing that you can't, like there's very rarely a day where you can just like show up and skate by. Yeah. Um, I will say most Wednesdays of a program, those days were long and they were usually like all lecture-based classes and like not lab. So by the end of the day, we were kind of struggling, but it was kind of like the class as a whole. Um, Okay. If I can get my phone unlocked, I can go to the next one. Um, The next thing I was going to say was... You can afford to take a day and or a weekend off within reason. Um, This, I'm sure, depends on the program. I'm sure a medical student could probably disagree because then they'd have like 500 donkey cards waiting for them. (laughs) Um, But to be honest, I feel like with appropriate preparation and just like knowing your schedule well, when you have off periods, like you can and should have breaks. I think Mm -hmm. mentally it's good. There were definitely like... During most weekends of PT school, I would say, if I wanted to take a full day off, I probably could. During the week, if I was tired and was like, you know, I just kind of don't want to do anything tonight, there were days I could do that. Mm -hmm. Like, you might be thinking, I could and should do something else, but you don't have to, and you're going to be fine if you don't. I think it's just, while we're saying this, it's recognizing that, like, you also, like, the majority of the time, you aren't taking that time off. Yeah, that's a good, like, counterpoint. Like, it's just... Obviously, when you hear Megan say that, it's like, oh, look, I can take the day off. I can take the day off. You can't say that every day. So recognizing that. I just, if you think you're going to be studying 24-7 all the time and trying to be the light that says, like, no, no, you don't have to. I know. I'm just being the friendly reminder that, you know, yeah, we could have taken a day off every weekend if we wanted to. But did we? Majority of the time, no. But it was about taking, like, honestly, rather than taking a whole day off. It kind of depends on, like, what you'd rather do. Yeah. Sometimes, like, sometimes we would say let's take a day off and then on Sunday we'll like plan on doing everything that day versus like, would you rather split it up and just do a little bit both days? And honestly, that more so for Megan and I was like to prevent guilt, like internal guilt from, we felt bad like taking a day off from like not studying when we felt like we should be. Even though in theory we're like studying the same amount maybe. 
So what we would tell ourselves, we'd be like, okay, is this weekend going to be a weekend where we split things up between Saturday and Sunday with school stuff? And it probably depended mostly on, like, what we had going on. Mm -hmm. Or, like, here's another thing I'll say. Football. Yeah. During football season. Saturday's off. No matter what I had going on, pretty much the entire Saturday, we didn't do anything if it was a home game because we were going to the home game, football game. So, and we had a lot of 11 a.m. games. Therefore, I was not getting up beforehand to study and therefore, I was busy doing stuff until, like, five or six or something by the time, like, things were all said and done and we were back at our apartment. And then we'd use just still not do anything. Yeah, because so. I'm tired at that point. So, yeah. So, that was a good other kind of reminder. Mm-hmm. And, like, even if we had big tests the next week, like, we still just made it work because yeah. that's what you do. And it's just, like, finding the balance of, you know, obviously we're promoting, like, take a day off if you need it. But also recognize if you want more days, like more full days off, you're going to have to put in more work on other days where you have to like study and stuff. Yeah. So finding the balance of what you'd prefer, or whether like it's someone splitting stuff program, up. You can finish what you're saying. Whether it's splitting stuff up and saying, you know what? I'd rather just be someone who studies a little bit every day. That's fine. And like maybe every once in a while, like occasionally take the day off. That's probably kind of what Megan and I tried to do. Yeah. There's probably some people like you're going to talk about someone in our program who they studied so much during the week, and then they took the weekends off. Yeah, so there's someone in our program who she lived in Iowa City during the week to go to school, and then she had a husband who lived um, somewhere else, so then she, like, would go back home for the weekend, and obviously she didn't want to, like, really spend her whole weekend at home studying, so I found out that she got up and studied at 5.30 each morning before class, and then when she got home, she basically stayed until, like, 11 o'clock at night. And obviously, granted, like, I'm sure... In general, there's exceptions to that rule and, like, blah, blah, blah. But just, obviously, it was a priority for her to have weekends off, so she fit her studying in elsewhere. And she still probably, I'm sure, got a lot of studying in, so. Because mm-hmm. I re- I heard that, and I was just like, you do what? <laughs> you do what now? And I was someone, you, before a test, sure, I'll get up at 5 a.m. and study. No other circumstance would I get up before I had to to study. I could not. I can't even get up to work out hardly. Like, before 7 or 8 a.m., I'm useless. So that's just a side note for me. Um, okay. Next one. This is my turn, right? Okay. I think that it's an important reminder to remind yourself that if you're going to grad school or planning to go to grad school, you're doing this because you want to do it. So clearly there's something that you're probably at least a little bit passionate about. And I I mean, someone could argue like that undergrad also counts, but I feel like college and undergrad is so mainstream at this point. There are plenty of people who go. Mainstream. Like there's plenty of people who go. Without, like, knowing why they it's want like to go to college. for a lot yeah. of people. They don't feel like, they're like, oh, like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to college because I feel like I'm supposed to go to college. And, like, they graduate and, like, it wasn't, like, necessarily, like, for them. They were dying to go to college, you know? I feel like grad school, there are a lot of reasons you don't need to go to grad school. Therefore, if you are going to grad school, I feel like it's because, I mean, maybe the job that you want requires you to go to grad school. Hello, that's me. Um, but if you're going for your master's, Ph.D., I would imagine that you have some level of motivation, something you want to discover, find out, learn. And so I think just remembering that in the back of your mind to motivate you when things look bleak, um, it's a good reminder. Yeah. Okay. Um, The next thing I think applies a lot to people, especially if they're getting into um, a very rigorous academic type of grad school. So, Medical school is probably, like, the most rigorous 
Every time I possibly, watch a medical student, I'm like, oh my god. Bad. Like, if you're a medical student, props to you. I just could not possibly imagine. No. Um, although, to be fair, sometimes, like, on TikTok, it makes me intrigued when I see, like, those very, like, put-together day-in-the-life of medical student stuff. Mm-hmm. And then, like, people the in the comments <laughs> being like, I'm a medical student. Like, this is absolutely not what my day looks like. Yeah. So, I certainly recognize I'm probably only seeing, seeing a certain side of medical like students. Like, it probably is the medical students who have their lives put together and, like, therefore they want to display it. Versus, like, then there's the very normal. Like, oh, I get up at 7 or 8 a.m. And then I go to class. I study when I can. Mm-hmm. Take days off. Make it through. Um, I was like, what was I saying? Okay. So, I feel like it's helpful or it's easy to look at this rigorous coursework you're doing and how many tests you have coming up and get overwhelmed and stressed out. So I feel like looking a week or two, maybe three weeks out and like going from there and focusing on like, okay, this is my window of things to be aware of that are coming up, things I should look into for studying. Um, To be honest, and I don't know if this is necessarily good or bad, but I was able to afford myself the ability to study way more in advance in undergrad than grad school because mm-hmm. simply like I simply just could not afford to spend two weeks in advance prepping for an exam and I know we used to say our tips for an undergrad like how do we get a 4.0 whatever like we said like study for a week or two out in advance and I just simply was not able to do that in grad school because there are other things that I have going on a week the or tests two advan- or assignments or whatever there's too many and they come up too fast for you to be able to like you can't say I'm going to study for musculoskeletal two weeks in advance because I have three exams before that that I have to study for. So, yeah, that's going to get put on the back burner. So it's again, it goes back to you just learn to be more efficient. You prioritize. Some people might po- call it procrastination like undergrad me probably would have, but like it just could not happen any other way for me. It was too hard unless you had like a nice open week where you're like, you know, I'm going to do some catching up and just like review mm-hmm. some class material that. I know I will need to review eventually. There's weeks where sometimes you can do that, and then there's a lot where you cannot. Oh, there are plenty of times where I'd be gearing up to like be like, okay, I have this test coming up, time to start studying. You know, we're a few days out or something, and I'm like, I have not looked at this stuff since I've been in class. And like it was not due necessarily to me like avoiding it, avoiding studying or like procrastinating. It was me being like, I've been doing other stuff, so yeah. I haven't taken the time to go look at these notes. So, yeah, it's been... Many humbling times where it's been like a Thursday or Friday, and like, I'm like, I never would have thought. I have a test next week that I don't know anything about. I never would have thought. I've never t- really tried to do like a day in advance for a test. Like some people in, a cla- oh. in our class, I know. I did, haven't gone that far. I've probably done like two days in advance mm-hmm. before I started studying for a test. And yet I made it through anyways. Mm-hmm. Ideally, I tried to do like four or five days in advance. Mm-hmm. Maybe a weekend, you know, if. Weekend, I would be like, I'm really going to try and, like, get Hammered some out. stuff done. So that was my approach. Okay. Next one I have is related to comparison. And I don't think anyone ever, like, does class rank. But, like, more so class comparison, grades and stuff. I don't know who actually cares about this. But, like, I was someone who in undergrad, like, took pride in my grades. I was like, oh, like, I'm doing really well. Look at me go. And, I mean, I did well in grad school. But I think that... When you get an exam back and you see like, oh, like I was average or I was below average. Then I was like, well, I'm not a below average student. And so reminding yourself that the program that you're in is full of a lot of intelligent people who also work very hard to get into the same program that you're in. And so being average or 
below average in like that context, you're still doing really well for yourself. And like if you're passing again, that's all that matters. And so there were times where like I'd let comparison get the best of me and be like, oh, like, did I do bad? Like, you know, like I would think down on myself for that. And so I'm reminding you to not do what I did. Yeah, I agree because when I would look at there's like those stupid box and whisker plots. Yeah, on icon. Um on icon that tell you which icon is just canvas. Um that probably makes more sense to a lot of you. Um and I typically was like I should be average or higher like that's just what I expected of myself and so when I would go on and see like that I was below I'd be like well that is just not me. But then it's going to be someone, so mm-hmm. you're in a class full of a lot of very smart people, so you may have exams that aren't your prime. Mm-hmm. I actually, my last one was one that you already said, so. <laughs> my last one's dumb. It's pack snacks. You know, it's so relevant, though. And honestly, honestly, Megan and I were not good at it. a key takeaway. But people in our class, they got good at packing snacks. It'd be 10 a.m., everyone's pulling out, like, their apples or their granola bars or whatever and I was like you know I am hungry did I pack anything no I swear my body because we usually had like our three hour class you know and that sometimes four hours and so if it got done at like 11 I swear I could be like not hungry at all class would end and all of a sudden I'm starving a ravenous monster because there's my body must have made some sort of connection because on rare occasions where like we would get done with class early as soon as class was done <clears throat> oh, it'd be like just 10 like 30 so hungry. and i'd be like, it's like 10 or 10 30 i'm like it is not lunchtime right now but i'm starving mm-hmm. so i think packing snacks snacks is a very good tip because especially like if you're in I never classes packed, like, i didn't pack lunches sierra and i are like not great at packing lunches if you watch our vlogs maybe you know that but you might just say like we'll pack a lunch and like pull out stuff from your lunch to eat as snacks we did more so like a meal was my lunch and therefore, mm-hmm. like, I didn't have sides that could act as snacks throughout my day. So mm-hmm. if you pack just, like, small little snack-type things for lunch, apple, then you'll be fine. Go-Go Squeeze. Megan and I like those um, Power Crunch bars, like the chocolate ones. Those are good. But, yeah, I'd recommend it because if you're in class for a long period of I was also going to write down as a joke, so I didn't. But it's also real. I was like, lunch does not get any easier. Making lunch. I was going to reference lunch also, but I was like, that's kind of dumb. It is dumb, but... If there's one thing I hate, like Sierra and I would literally be at the grocery store each week when we were like getting ready to, you know, buy our groceries for the week and be like, how many days of the week do we have to like have a lunch and bring it to campus? Because the other days we just like didn't care. And we'd be like, we'll get home and like figure something out. I was like, I'll either starve or like I'll order something or I don't know. But like, I will not worry about it. Like I despise making lunches so much. So that's where we'll end this. (laughs) Lunches suck. Yeah. Okay. Well, hopefully you guys enjoy this episode, and hopefully even if you're not going to grad school or planning on going to grad school, you still got some value from this episode, and how long is this even? 43 minutes. It's kind of a short one, but it's about grad school, so. You guys have other things to get to, I'm sure. Busy week. Finish your grad school application. (laughs) Finish your grad school applications. Go finish out the school year strong, or enjoy your summer, Mm -hmm. because I'm sure one of those apply to you. Okay, well, with that, um, if you are attending grad school or applying and anything resonated with you, please let us know in the uh, the Instagram post related to this episode. It'll be on Instagram, at According To. Otherwise, we will talk to you guys in our next episode. Bye. Bye.